Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Divided Films, the podcast where we talk about movies that audiences and critics do not agree on. With me, as always, is my co-host, Keith. Hello! Uh, And joining us back on the podcast today is our great friend, Sabrina Blackburn. Welcome back, Sabrina. Hello! It's me! (laughs) No one can mistake that voice. It's, of course, Sabrina. (laughs) That was the first. I was really hard to listen to. I will be honest with you. I was like, oh, my voice, my voice. But um, all my friends and family say that Keith and JJ have very great podcasting voices so you know i i appreciate that but don't sell yourself short you definitely uh can get maybe a spin-up podcast one of these days (laughs) you never know um but we brought sabrina back on to talk about today's divided film uh the 1987 coming of age film dirty dancing uh starring patrick swayze and jennifer gray this movie falls into the category of having a mixed score from critics and a positive score from audiences. So on Rotten Tomatoes, only 69% of critics, appropriately enough, approved of this movie, while 90% of audiences agreed. And the critics' consensus, like its winsome characters, Dirty Dancing uses impressive choreography and the power of song to surmount a series of formidable obstacles. Uh, So... Yeah, this is uh, this is a movie I was always very aware of. I only watched it for the first time a few years ago and was surprised that critics were kind of meh about it. I always thought it was this big, iconic movie of the 80s that everyone loved. But I guess it's more so the audiences and the critics. Uh, But what was your guys's history with this movie? Uh, Start with Sabrina. Was this one that you had seen like when you were younger or more recently? So I definitely have seen it, but to be honest, I feel like this was the first time actually in prep of this podcast watched it all in one go. Um, I think I've definitely seen it bits and bits and pieces of it on like TBS or like uh, ABC Family. I feel like it's just a movie that is constantly on. So good for the actors and the writers for that residual check because like a lot of iconic films, I feel like this is... A movie that's constantly on TV. So yeah. um, this is the first time watching it actually through, and I haven't seen it in such a long time. But it's such a part of our culture that, like, I mean, Dirty Dancing is such an iconic film. So I agree. I think for no other reason, just to get all the references, I think one should watch this movie because it is something that pops up in any sitcom or you know, any other comedy that's come after this. Is always some allusion to to Dirty Dancing, and. You know, even that song, which we'll get into. I've had the time of my life. That is from this movie. And it, it really encapsulates, I think, the spirit of the film, for better or for worse. But uh, what about you, Keith? What's your history with Dirty Dancing? I would say the whole soundtrack is excellent. Uh, Hungry Eyes. I Like, this is... I, I can imagine being in the 80s and you're just getting hit after hit after hit. Uh I'm kind of like Sabrina. I feel like I've I've seen this movie before, maybe not in a while, but I've seen bits and pieces on here and there. I know all the references from, you know, re- you know, cartoons and How I Met Your Mother did stuff with it. But this was probably the first time I I've, I've seen it and I am on board. I love this movie. 
I, I, I'm, I'm in love with this. No, I really enjoyed this movie. I think what it tried to do, and we don't, I think what it tried to do, it did very well. Okay. Wow, you loved that stronger. Wow. Stronger. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I was like, keep. I was looking, I was ready to fight you. <laughs> like no, last time. <laughs> no, I was fully engaged with the plot. And I have a lot. I think I during research, I found interesting things that I think made the movie better, i.e. Jerry Orbach. I think I think even this is like that one script that was based on someone's true experiences that through a really good director, great actors who can dance. I th- like it's one of those movies that makes the 80s the 80s. And I really kind of have to like I I can't stress that enough. Like it's so fun in a time capsule way, but it also it like it stays in the eighties while also transcends, you know, through references and it's fun to reference. I don't know. Am I making sense? Or <laughs> Not at all. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. no, I'm kidding. I'm Someone kidding. out somewhere out there is going like, I get it. I get it, Keith. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I, I understand as an expert in Keith speak. I think I can <laughs> translate that for the general audience, but no, I, I get it. it. It is one of those iconic eighties movies. If you, had to make a list of the most famous 80s movies. This would probably be up there. Um, but in terms of like the soundtrack, yes, very catchy. A lot of also iconic songs from that time. But I do have to say, threw me for a little bit of a loop because this movie takes place in the early 60s. And so for a lot of the movie, at least like up to like, I think halfway, you're only getting songs in the soundtrack that were of that time. And then all of a sudden, during one of the first montages, you get hungry eyes. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I get it's just the soundtrack. It's not what they're actually listening to. But then at the end, with the the big song, I've had the time of my life, they are actually like mouthing the words to that song. It's very much the song that they're listening to. And it's definitely not a song that would have existed in 1963. So a little bit of a nitpick in terms of, for a lot of the movie, I'm in this world. 1963, this now outdated world of upstate New York resorts for rich people from Westchester, I'm guessing. And that is no longer a thing, but I'm kind of digging this exploration to, you know, a bygone cultural world. Uh, But the eighties kind of forced their way in every now and then uh, that took me out a little bit, you know, minor nitpick there. I would have preferred if they only, kept songs of that era in the soundtrack mm-hmm. baby's afro definitely i was like that's i feel like an 80s hairstyle <laughs> like, yeah that's true same hairdo that jennifer Grey has in ferris bueller's day off am i right literally she moved from ferris bueller right into this movie they didn't even she went to <laughs> a, just shift her off <laughs> took a time machine back to the 60s and you know didn't really update any of her look really again minor thing i do appreciate the nostalgia this is like keith you mentioned someone's like real experiences. I definitely had a feeling that this was someone reliving that childhood experience of you know, how they went up every summer to this resort, uh, which again, I find that kind of world interesting. And the movie definitely takes, there's a layer to the plot of how you have, you know, the rich families who have the very prim and proper dances. And then you have the 
the workers are like the entertainment workers who are lower class and they are the ones having their dirty dancing clubs and you know again all grinding up on each other and opens up this whole new world for the baby character it basically opens up her sexuality essentially and that that was interesting to watch her try to get into that world because she wasn't comfortable with her own it just definitely took patrick swayze's uh grinding hips to open up her sexuality i know for me i was like Oh, it's getting hot in here. I'm like, wow. It definitely, I mean, sugarcoated a little bit of the class structure. I almost like you just saying that, JJ, reminded me of like Titanic in a way where it was like the lower level. All of a sudden, you know, you're in this proper world ballroom dancing and then you're, you know, down in the basement with all the, you know, uh, Irishmen and they're all, you know, dancing. It's hot. It's sweaty. That kind of thing. But they're having fun. (laughs) They're actually enjoying themselves, if anything. Now, I should also mention uh, that this is our part two of a double header we're doing on tragic swayze movies so we had previously did or we previously had done uh roadhouse and that comes like i think just a year or two after dirty dancing so we're looking at patrick swayze movies this week and you know how he was this you know we talk about dirty dancing as iconic movie of the 80s patrick swayze iconic actor of this late 80s early 90s film era and he definitely is leading this film. And of course, he's the eye candy. He's the heartthrob that definitely drove a lot of the appeal for the movies he was in. I, I he's a, he's a force. Like I, I completely understand. Like starting in the Outsiders, Red Dawn. Uh, then he goes to Dirty Dancing, and which is I would call his like breakthrough. Like this movie was successful all around. This was a fun Friday date movie, and everyone is walking away kind of happy. Like there's something. Of course, there's more for it for the girls, but the, I don't know. It's entertaining enough that like the guys are in it for Jerry Orbach. I think like that's that, that's who, <laughs> Jerry Orbach. That, that's who they're in it for. But then, but and then he goes. To, God, like, I just love him. I would I would say then he goes to Roadhouse. Then he goes to Ghost, which I consider a perfect film. Uh. And then the fun point break and, you know, and then it's a shame because I, I was going to get it. I, I wanted to mention this at some point, but it's such a like he missed his second wind. I feel like with all this like resurgence of 80s, like he definitely would have been in like Stranger Things or John Wick or I. it's, it's such a, a shame and I miss him. But he watching him like he knew how to. Funny enough for him and Jennifer Grey hating each other. They had that notebook energy. Like they both hated each other on set. Uh, or she didn't want to work with him again after Red Dawn, but he convinced her. So there was that like weird tension that worked. I don't know. It, it, he, like he knew what to do on screen and that's it, he's a big reason why it worked. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's he's a he's a great actor. He was. I would say super talented. I mean, the chemistry is undeniable, oh, yeah. but I kind of was watching it and I was like, I, any person could fall in love with Patrick Swayze. I almost forgot how good looking Patrick Swayze is. And I felt like baby when she first set eyes on Patrick Swayze, like I almost like went, wow. I was like, he is good looking. And even that's with an eighties hairdo or sixties hairdo. I was like, wow. I, flock of seagull hair come flock to me honestly (laughs) but but without even his good looks he was he is an incredibly talented i mean the dancing 
that stands alone, but even his acting, I mean, he has some serious acting chops in here. He has some monologues that he has to deliver that's pretty serious, um, but I definitely think it's a huge loss. He definitely would have had a second wind as, you know, um, back, you know, men, actors have, they always get their prime in their 60s uh, and 70s. So he probably would have had like a, a really great role because he does, I, he does comedy really well, but also can do some really dramatic stuff as well. Yeah, he has a, a presence about him. And I think what works a lot in this movie and then in the last one we talked about Roadhouse is that there's sort of... Um, he has like this authority of whatever he's doing. So when it comes to dance, when it comes to running bars, like he just seems to really know what he's talking about. And you just hang on his every word. You just really believe it. He's very sincere and authentic in all of these roles that he's in. So yeah, obviously very good looking, very fit. You know, wears some tight pants. There's even in Roadhouse, there's a shot of his butt <laughs> that definitely got some ladies going. But yeah, the, the, I think his his presence is also something to be said. He just carries himself very confidently. And of course you need that in any male lead in a romantic movie, someone who's very like self-assured. Well, one half of the relationship needs to be more self-assured when the other half is like finding themselves that baby is doing. Cause it's like, she is having her coming of age moment. She's, she's very innocent. And now she's, you know, encountering characters who are not as lucky as her. And she takes that for granted. And I think that's what really works about the movie is the clash of these two worlds and how she is, trying to teeter in both and at one point it does blow up in her face but she is genuine throughout where'd you learn to be a dancer well this guy came into this luncheonette one day and you know we were all sitting around doing nothing and he said that arthur murray was given a test for instructors so if you passed They teach you all these different kinds of dances, show you how to break them down, how to teach them, you know? It does kind of go a step above, as you said, with, like, there's classism, but there's, like, I do not remember there being, like, the reason why she had to dance in the first place. Like, it kind of, like, I'm kind of shocked this was on, like, ABC Family. And uh, I, I just, it's a little more mature than other teen romance movies that are still even made today well i mean how long does it take before they're in bed together and there's not even a moment where it's like this is the night that we will finally consummate our our relationship they're just in bed and it's like yeah they just got there because i guess it wasn't that big of a leap from from the dancing to you know spending the night together uh i guess yeah you could pick apart the plot if you want to, because I suppose there were so many other dancers. <laughs> there were so many other entertainers that did she need to actually fill in and you know get uh, ha have this moment with Patrick Swayze in another resort? That's like a whole thing. But again, I'll buy it. She she's doing the favor. She's getting in there, and uh, this is like the beginning of her journey. Yeah, it... yeah. I definitely think there's a little plot. Sorry, Keith, no, no. a lot of plot holes. Like I definitely think. The saving grace of this movie is the music and also, you know, the dancing and the acting. But I definitely think, like, there's some blurred, you know, how did we get to point A to the ending? And definitely there needs to be, like, that catalyst, which is an abortion and the dancer can't. But I'm like, why Why are they even having this competition? I, I think the stakes are a little bit lower for something that could have been a little bit higher. I don't know. Uh, they're definitely, like, I think this story was a little weak in that in that sense i think it was fun but 
don't know. Aren't they having the competition because if they don't, they won't get paid or the bonus or they won't get a job? I mean, I'm not, I'm just, I think that's the reason. Like they won't get paid for this season and they won't be able to work the next season. Right, right. I think he has a line that explains that, that you know, they need, they can't afford to miss any of their gigs really. So that alone, that's enough for me to be like, yes, they're maybe living job to job. They can't really miss any opportunity. So that's enough for me to like follow uh, why someone needs to fill in. But also like with the abortion thing, I'm not exactly sure what the father, the doctor father does to save that one woman who had the botched abortion. Cause it's like, Oh, she's critically wounded. She needs help right now. And then the doctor gets in there and I don't know if we know exactly what he does, but then it's like 15 minutes later, he's like, okay, she's fine. All is well. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what did he do? Like, what? I know he's a doctor, but like, I don't know. That was like, because okay. uh, this movie definitely seems to have a lot of nice, like, tidy bows wrapped at the end. You know, it's like, all is well. The, the, the jerks get their comeuppance. The good people are rewarded. And you can be rest assured that, that there's no loose ends at the end. I so I think that's that, maybe. Though. I kind of I don't well, want I, mean, I don't want like a, like I don't want this movie to take a sharp left turn like Roadhouse I and which I wanted to take sharp left turns like I I I think the movie is saying like look we're doing we have to get to from A to Z allow us R allow us to do R like focus on Swayze and Gray those scenes when they're together there is it's I, I like the Notebook I. I have a, a soft spot, a soft spot for these kind of movies. I watched Titanic a few a uh, few weeks ago, and I enjoyed it. Mm, I enjoyed yeah, it. I don't blame you. There's a, it's definitely appealing in a removed, heightened kind of aspect, like not something to be taken literally. Because I I think there's a musical, like a stage musical of Dirty Dancing. I, I maybe I'm wrong about that, but I can surprised. see it as I can see it as a musical because. It, again in musicals you don't worry about these little details as much as you do in a movie you just kind of have your big moments at the end where things are resolved at, through dance <laughs> through song and dance numbers and everyone's happy at the end I, I could totally see that like with the one what's the one character who's the jerk he's the one who got that one dancer pregnant and then the dad gets really mad at him at the end uh he's like one of the wait staff because the, the waiters are like the preppy ivy league boys who are like the potential son-in-laws, I guess. They're the ones that's like, introduce your daughters to our servers who are well-bred and you might, you know, they'll get together and you'll have, you know, you'll keep your, your lines pure, I guess. I don't know. But the one guy was a jerk, right? And the dad gets mad. Total at, tool. The dad gets mad at him. And when the dad gets, he, the dad chews him out and then he goes back to uh, the Johnny character, Patrick Swayze, and he goes, I was wrong. I understand everything now and we can have a reconciliation here because we now totally all are on the same page. It's like, okay, yes, you don't have to have that in a lot of movies, right? You can just assume that eventually all the characters compare notes and understand what happened at the end. But in some of these more cheesy movies, it's like, no, like you get that moment where it's like, oh, we all understand now and we're all going to be happy and, and move on from here. It's about that like that one moment in that in your summer vacation of like yeah your first love and not that i'm reminiscing i feel like i'm reminiscing at the moment yeah uh, but it's it, it just has that like that dreamlike nostalgic feeling even like the like the writer and everyone involved is remembering when they were 
younger. Like Jennifer Grey was 26 when she was doing this. Like she wasn't a teenager. But like there is that like that even that dreaminess on the camera on the camera lens that it, you you I don't know. I I don't take these movies as seriously. I don't even tend to like it's like this in Footloose. Like I have a soft spot for Footloose and that one is goofy. That one can get goofy. Well, Footloose has an even more preposterous uh, plot. I mean, you know, a town where dancing is illegal. It's, it's going to happen. Save the town it's with dancing. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's going to happen. Uh, uh, we were unprepared. Yeah, I guess uh, but not, it's. Knock on wood. I, you could do actually a double feature with Dirty Dancing and Footloose, which I know there actually is a Footloose musical, like stage musical. So, yeah, those two definitely, yeah, 80s movies where dancing saves the day. Sure. At any decade, at no other decade can you have dancing save the day <laughs> than in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just just enjoy the ride, I suppose. Except maybe High School Musical. That, I think, that, that that saved the day. They were all in it together. Uh, but it... Well, you know, I was I was watching, you know, it's funny, too. I was watching the, um, the original West Side Story the other day. And in that movie, dance is what causes the conflict. <laughs> it's funny to watch it sometimes go the other way when you you fight by dance and then someone is like shanked at the end of that. <laughs> it's like, get away from that. Make it the good thing, not the bad thing. That would be a twist at the end of Dirty Dancing. No one puts baby in the corner, like do a spin and stab. You know? <laughs> the one jerk gets like, he gets his revenge <laughs> and stabs Johnny yeah. at the end. Fighting Dirty Dancing. No, I... I it's it's like this footloose and i think i is i think the first step up is fine i like but then like how many of these movies are actually good and so like if you were actually to look at what the gold standard of teen romance different side of the tracks that's not a nicholas sparks movie but it's <laughs> it's i don't know i think this one i think the director actually cared like he, uh, I was reading that he didn't. He actually wanted actors who dance because that what that's what took that that's what he thinks hindered uh, flash dance. Like mm, I, th- I think. Okay, I haven't seen I think that one. They actually, there were like they didn't just make this blindly. Like they didn't do this for the paycheck. There was actually some fun. There was actually some heart into this, and it, it definitely shows. Uh, but th- that's where I'm. Yeah, I'm kind of grading it on the scale of teen like my expectations for a teen uh coming of age dance stories Mm -hmm. i would agree with you uh keith like i mean at the end of the day yeah this is uh definitely there's romance to it but it really is a dancing movie i think the highlights of this movie and the scenes that i remember watching it was the three dance scenes was when she comes in with the watermelon and everyone's dancing in the cabin that other iconic scene where, you know, she's in these shorts and a crop top and she's, you know, dancing and they're like crawling on the ground. And then obviously the end. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, and then they're all involved dancing and not necessarily any words or script or plot. It's just three. And then of course the end, which is really iconic. Um, And it is a coming of age story. Um, But yeah, this is probably one of the top dancing films. The only thing that I could think of, but a little bit more serious is, uh, Saturday Night Fever like that's probably the most iconic dance film in my head but again it is a coming of age story it's about young people but uh, a decade well technically a decade later but I think it was made in the 70s right. it was made yeah, a decade earlier but it took place a decade later oh my god. right oh my right? god wow 
Wow. (laughs) Well, you know what I mean? It took place in the 70s in the disco era. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a brain scramble. (laughs) Or even, yeah, or even like, you know, uh, any, 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 any musical movie, really, that's an actual musical movie, like a Grease or something like that. You know, everything's always resolved with the big dance numbers. So I, I like all that. I do also like that in that first dance sequence with the with the watermelons first of all i'm like why are you needing to breathe these watermelons in there <laughs> like we gotta bring we got three watermelons we got to bring into this uh but anyways yeah it's i thought it's funny retrospectively seeing how the what's considered dirty dancing back then which you know is certainly you know very sexual grinding up is pales in comparison to the kind of dirty dancing that maybe we've all seen in our lifetimes in like the 2000s and onward, you know, it, or the 90s and onward. You know, it's it's interesting to see what kind of music was considered to be like, you know, too much, too inappropriate in the early 60s and where we've gone to now. Those people back then would have fainted in shock and horror if they saw what kind of dancing goes on now to what kind of music. Because even <laughs> that one song I really like, you know the one song that's like, do you love me? You know, I can do the twist. Do the twist. Mashed potato. Like that That was considered like too much at the time, which I find so funny. It's so uh, wholesome. I think I learned that song on Tiny Tunes when I was a kid. You know, this back then it was considered inappropriate. So I think that's another point the movie is making is just, you know, this is what it was back then. Oh the yeah, uh, modern and, uh, day look up a modern it. day dancing, dirty dancing movie would be like Euphoria. It just like it wouldn't, <laughs> it would just be it, it would people would be like dancing uh, dancing should be banned. Like the <laughs> yeah, I mean even I remember uh, you know my my middle school and high school dances people were getting in trouble getting thrown out of there for some really like clothes were coming off basically yeah again like that we've seen way dirtier dancing since this era Um, for sure i definitely was thinking i was like if they remade this movie for today i would be like baby walking in with her with her watermelons and people twerking you know like and doing all this stuff which actually would be really quite funny or doing these like tiktok dances oh god but even though it was back in the 60s i was like this is pretty this is pretty sexy i was like i you know i could get into this kind of dancing it's I mean, steamy and you know people like the, the some of these dancers like the, the the girls have their legs wrapped around the guy and they're dipping them and like you know rubbing all over each other it does you know it's it's it is steamy it's it does get it does get quite sexual and physical for sure um but even like you know it's it kind of reminds me because this is this is the early 60s right this is still when the 60s was like still feeling like the 50s yeah right especially for anyone who's ever seen like mad men you saw that more of that progression right the early 60s was still pretty conservative right before like the you know, the sexual revolution so this is still at a time where like your you know, your your bad boys and people they they still kind of dressed you know they still kind of took care of themselves they're still wearing like button downs and and you know fitted clothes and stuff it's a little tight but they're not like disheveled by any means you know they still like you know comb their hair and stuff you know even it's like same thing in like greece it's like oh you're the bad boys but you're not really you know that unconventional from everyone else they have a leather jacket they're bad boys <laughs> like, patrick swayze had to wear his leather jacket i was like "Ooh, he's bad they're they're he's dangerous bad. the window has shifted um, and I like- <laughs> the window has shifted on the term bad and steam i have no problem with the steamy day i actually like if they were to remake i know they kind of did like a sequel prequel havana nights which i don't think anyone saw but if they were to do a modern day uh dirty dancing i don't think people would have a problem with this 
steaminess of the dancing. Uh, I would have a problem with the floss kid in the background. Like, <laughs> like I would have a problem with like all these Fortnite dance. Like if like I, I don't know. I think this this movie hit at like the right point in time. Even though it's in the '60s, it is made by people in the '80s who lived through the '60s, and I think it was made to quote Ebert on uh, when he described another movie. It was made by like the right people at the right time. Sure. I mean, it's interesting, too, because it's even said in the movie that this is the end of an era, which I love anything like that. So at the end of the movie, the guy who runs this whole camp and all the activities and stuff, even has a line where it's like, yeah, I don't think, you know, we have much time left on this sort of vacation style with these resorts. You know, we've been through a lot, uh, you know, the depression and the wars and whatnot. But, you know, people are kind of moving away from these upstate New York summer getaways and you know maybe they only had a couple more summers before they had a closed up shop you know and uh again like right after this you have just that cultural explosion of the 60s that we all know the decade for and so um yeah that age of innocence is is about to come to an end not just for the the jennifer gray character but then also for the whole world really i wonder if it was also talking about like maybe the 90s too since it was in 1987 so maybe we're they're commenting on the end of this decade i don't know and going into the 90s grunge the unknown right at the time i've never known anybody like you you look at the world and you think you can make it better somebody's lost you find them somebody's bleeding and yeah you... go get my daddy that's really brave like you said that took a lot of guts to go to him you are not scared of anything. I don't know. Me? Let... I'm scared of everything. I'm scared of what I saw. I'm scared of what I did, of who I am. Uh, and most of all, I'm scared of walking out of this room and never feeling the rest of my whole life the way I feel when I'm with you. Um, yeah, because, like, yeah, in the 80s, you're just full on pop at that point, right? And they were, like, yeah, they, they, they insert those songs. And that song at the end, you know, I've had the time of my life. It's... It's a song that I like, but also I like to make fun of at the same time. It is so cheesy. I, 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 you, the singer, like especially the male singer, could not put on any more cheese if if he tried. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, I like. I'm not even sure if he's like, you know, doing it in almost a joking way. It's just this sort of like no one. Huh? It's it sounds so funny to me. It's. I don't know. It, it is a catchy song, but it's also a very ridiculous song. To quote uh, what I, like, something I said in like our notebook review, this movie would have been like a good parody movie. Like they, it, There is a lot there that I think... I don't know. I feel like a lot of these... I watched uh, uh, Top Gun a, like a couple months ago, and like this movie, it was the first time I've seen it. Like I've seen bits and pieces, I know all the references, blah blah blah, and it. But it, this was the first time I've seen it, and I, I don't want to say like, knowing what happens ruined my experience, but I'm like, oh yeah, this is kind of corny but fun, cheesy but fun, and and with this, I would say, I'm not saying they like lean into like. With this movie, they just don't. Uh, I don't know. There's not corny, but like I know the plot. I know the the tropes. And they're leaning into it hardcore, yeah, it's... which but I like it that way. Yeah, I can't ex- like I, I don't even know what song you would replace it with. I would I just make fun of the so voice. Part of the movie, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. What exactly. would we what would we do at weddings without this song? I mean, every uh, every single like occasion you get together, I feel like this is this is a song that plays. Oh, for <laughs> sure. This won the Oscar. Oh, I did not know that. I just love especially uh, for some reason I'm, I'm obsessed with the moment when Swayze runs down the aisle in this scene and then like they are him and the rest of his dancers are like dance walking back up the yeah. aisle together <laughs> as a group kind of like shaking their shoulders. I don't know, I'm so mesmerized by that <laughs> moment. I like replay it because it is just so perfectly like timed and choreographed. It just I I love that moment. I'd watch the whole movie just for that one moment jj i that is my favorite part i know everyone obviously the lift and i love that moment where he comes in and he's like you know dancing down the aisle and i was i'm even like and i rolled it back actually i finished the movie the credits ended and i was like i want to watch the end scene again like it is really 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 good and that's my favorite part when he's just like and i also think i mean the hips the hips do it for me he's got them hips if I ever walk down the aisle at some point, maybe I need to do that too. Have my, have my like posse, like your entrance. What a way to walk down, like walk down or enter a room. It's uh, it's definitely got some moves it's a, for sure. It's it's a very fun moment. Uh, so I, I really enjoy that. And yeah, you could totally parry this. I can see like something where oh she jumps off the stage but then she falls or something, right? It's there. There's a lot of shots you could take to this movie if if you wanted to because it's not. It's not like ironic in any way, right? It's just very sincerely yeah. doing its thing. And you know, if you want to like, you know, do your little parody movie of dirty dancing, you know, dancing movie. God I forbid. think that window, I think that train <laughs> left. I don't I think if they they can't do it now, but they just like they can't do a notebook parody now. I think that train left, but like I think they tried to do a dancing parody movie of like Step Up or something. I don't know. Those it's a shame that genre died. Yeah, it was killed. <laughs> it was run right into the ground. It's a fall. You know, you attempt the lift and... Yeah, you go down. It's yeah, so... predictable, <laughs> but it could be done in a funny way, I suppose. Now, I have a question, and uh, I don't think this... This is like a modern 2020, 21, 22 way. Like, I've, I've looked at the articles when I was doing the research, and I'm kind of curious... This didn't really impact my viewing of it, uh, but did the age difference? And I actually like researched. I'm like, how old is Baby? How old is uh, how old is uh, uh, Castle Johnny? Right? Yeah, Johnny Castle. Johnny yeah. Castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not Nathan Johnny Fillion. Castle. From, not Nathan Fillion from Castle. Uh, although he, he it's a very he would American work in the name. parody movie. Uh, it's and I was doing the ages, and I'm also like looking at it like. I'm trying not to judge it from a 50, you know, year time. Like, you know, I'm not trying to judge it from the 60s because I think a lot of people who grew up were like, oh, he's like 24, 23, and she is 17, 18. But I've seen articles written. It's like the age about the age difference. And I then I'm like, oh, I don't think that that didn't take me out of it. No, it never even occurred to me. Like, yes, there is an age difference there, but... I didn't find it to be creepy or yeah. anything. It seemed to me like almost like it's been done already a bunch of times. Like, you know, the older guy uh, who knows himself and then the young girl who is coming into herself. And they, you know, that that's kind of like a recipe for a lot of these ro- uh, romances. So I, I, 
and it wasn't that stark yeah. of a difference that it was. Okay, yeah, that's how I felt. It's yeah, not going to be like the Elvis movie where, like, Priscilla was like fourteen when she met Elvis. It's, <laughs> but it, but like, I don't want to like do that with older movies. I don't even want to do that with like modern day movies. Like, uh, like Licorice Pizza has a. I loved that movie, but that has an age difference, as does Call Me by Your Name, and I don't want to judge. Uh, I feel like someone out there is canceling. I'm trying. I'm, t- I'm walking a tightrope here. Someone out there is canceling me as I speak. No, no. But it's uh, like I don't want to. I can't deny, uh, especially something that takes place in the '60s. Something like that chemistry. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what makes it work. They, it again. It's not. It's not such a stark difference. Not like it's a toxic yeah. relationship or anything. It's just like a genuine sweet summer romance. That honestly, at the end. They probably that's what I was thinking. Rate. They're separate. That's ways. what I was thinking. Right. I don't think they're going to they're not going to like get married or continue this relationship afterwards. They had their summer fling. She has a better sense of who she is and they will move on from there. Right. Oh, my God. JJ, am I a hopeless romantic? I was like, wow, they're going to spend every summer together forever and ever. I was like, they are going to get married. Like, you know what? If that's what you want to imagine as a viewer, I'll, go right ahead. It's left I'll give up you a, in the I'll give you a somewhat like. They may not end up together, but they definitely ran into each other once or twice in New York City. And when they were older and discovered Facebook, they're like, oh, I wonder what Johnny Castle is up to. And they they would kind of stalk each other and be oh, like, oh, boy. I these are my kids. Yeah, they would do that. But I think, yeah, they, I don't think of relationships like this. It's a moment, a beautiful moment in time. That's how I see it. Right, right. They both grow and they both will have that summer for the rest of their lives. Baby, you don't go around accusing innocent people. Yeah, but I saw them. I even saw them at the Sheldrake. Didn't you say something was stolen at the Sheldrake? I got an eyewitness, and the kid has no alibi. Come on, Neil. You'll learn what it's like to fire an employee. No, Mr. Mr. Kelman, wait a minute. I know Johnny didn't take the wallet. I know he didn't take it because he was in his room all night. And the reason I know is because I was with him. The other thing, too, I wanted to, to just touch on, um, the other characters in the movie, because we don't really spend a lot of time oh. <laughs> with them. And, you know, they're just kind of there. So, yeah, there's not really much interest in the mom, who's played by the actress who plays Blew Emily my Gilmore. Mind. Gilmore Blew my mind. Like, I was like, oh, she's in this. But she doesn't really have much to do. Uh, and then you have the sister, who is just kind of a spaz, right? She just doesn't, she's like this goofy, awkward girl who's a terrible singer. Like, she is rehearsing her talent show, and I'm like, woof, this is what she thinks is going to attract the guy. <laughs> He's going to send him running for the hills, like this awkward Hawaiian song and dance number that she's off pitch. I thought that was kind of funny, but she just was, like, a weird character to me. I'm like, I don't see any relationship here between the two sisters or even a resemblance. I thought that was a little weird. That definitely could have been I definitely a more sister tension or more, uh, you know, the plot could have been more around that. But to be honest, I think then there would have been a three hour movie. So yeah, they were kind of like there is fluff. Even the, the mom, I was like, yeah, it, clearly it was, you know, there's different relationships obviously with baby and Johnny, but another relationship is, a dad and a daughter. I think those were the two main core relationships. But the mom actually had, even though she was probably had screen time up most of five minutes, she showed her golfing skills. And at the end where she's like, she actually was the one that like, let her go, let her do her thing. So I think she was the one that really like, cause maybe 
Jerry Arbach would have stopped um, Baby, you know. That's a good point. Would have she... kept her in that corner. <laughs> yeah, right? She, she, yeah, you can maybe say the mom maybe pushed the dad into accepting, you know, the daughter is growing up and can make her own decisions. There's something to be said about that. Um, but it would have been nice to have at least one or two moments of, like, you know, the mom being a little more involved. Uh, and then... Yeah, you're right. The dad is like the other main character there. It's like the father-daughter relationship is is kind of nice, but again, still a bit underexplored. Uh, but again, the crux of the movie, they're going to keep the focus on the, on the main romance. Uh, and I'm trying to think if there's any other. Oh, characters. Newman! Oh, I just I got take... Newman. <laughs> Newman. 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 <laughs> a very young Wayne Knight. I think his first uh, role doing like the the activity enactments. Yeah, he was just announcing the activities and making really bad jokes, which I didn't really understand like he had this one joke that was like uh i can never find a girl to like me i finally did but my my dad hates her and that's the joke <laughs> like what, what it was probably the worst joke i've ever heard i rolled my eyes and i wanted to go newman newman <laughs> newman, newman. newman <laughs> what are you doing at that summer camp newman i guess that's the point is that these guys tell very horrible jokes and they think they're so funny uh just like you know catering to these these hoardy rich people oh and then actually you also had that uh they called her the the bungalow bunny like that woman who just stays there all the time without her husband and i guess sleeps with a lot of the young workers there because uh, she has nothing better to do <laughs> it's like i find that so fascinating too like maybe of this era where some of these couples like the men just spend their weekends there and then during the week they're at home working and they leave their wives at this resort almost as if to like get rid of them or something like that's kind of messed up but i guess a lot of them were doing it and then again like this of course she's gonna sleep around <laughs> like what do you expect her to do like all week the long while there's to no a one happy there? marriage go to the catskills and, <laughs> and pawn your wife off I, like, and take some dance lessons like, <laughs> yeah take some dance lessons with an uh but i I also watch Marvelous Miss Maisel, and I think this was like a whole plot point for one of the seasons. And like, you know, I think this was just a common thing in the late 50s, early 60s before like Kennedy. You know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows like there. There actually was like a little bit of I actually once with the abortion plot line. I do. I appreciated a little bit of the pulling of the curtain of this of the family summer camp. Right. Like, again, I found it so interesting that they hire the servers who interact with the families the most, these like Ivy League students to like marry them off to the, the daughters of the rich families. And then like the lower class kids who work there, they're like they do some of the, the dance lessons. But for the most part, they're out of the way. Like they tell them, like, don't talk to the guests. Don't interact. Yeah. Don't interact at all. Ever since very, you very said harsh. that this was a play or an off, I'm probably, I'm guessing off Broadway or on, on Broadway. Uh, like it's, I could see that those characters, whether it's the sister, the guy that they're trying to set her, like the, the guy's son that they're trying to set her up with. Those are like, they're not the supporting characters. They're the supporting, supporting scene stealers. Like they're the ones that they're the ones like you are oh, my yeah, favorite like, part. All like that's I can see that. Yeah, you get one and you line and yeah, you get like a, a scene. 
Yeah. Scene stealing moments here and there. Oh, and then of course the guy who courts Baby in the beginning of the movie. Uh, what was his name? Scott. He's the guy who's like, you know, the difference between me and him is I got oh, two yeah. hotels. I like, rolled. That's that when I rolled yeah. my eyes. I'm like, right. okay, this is this is getting too, uh, too rich for me. This is Richie Rich. Yeah. The cartoonishly, yeah, cartoonishly cocky rich here. guy who thinks he can win her over. He thinks he can win her over with his assets, right? Like with with like his net worth, and, and then you know that's you know, I, I think a, a typical movie cliche for is like you know rich jerk, and then the more sincere poor boy who has maybe more offer personality wise. And so I guess critics not fan of those kind of cliches, but you know certainly wins us over when we just want a fun time. Yeah, I think that even with this movie, like Patrick Swayze's character Johnny Castle, though he is is very good looking and you know comes from the rough side of the tracks, he has depth to him. Like like I said in the beginning when we started recording, like he has some pretty powerful monologues. You know, saying that he gets used. You know, like uh, Baby asked him, "You must sleep around a lot." And with that old lady, yeah, he's like, yeah. Yeah, I get I get used at the end of the day, you know. So, you know, it's he's not just a pretty face; he's a sensitive soul. Yeah, he's used to he like he knows the deal. Like they're they're using him to live out their fantasies and to like you know uh, as a distraction for their miserable marriages. And he is just like a piece of meat to them, which is kind of sad when he realizes that. Uh, and then also like he he calls her out too in the beginning when it's like. You know, she gets the money for the abortion. He's like, yeah, that's awfully brave. Going to daddy it must be nice to have a rich dad you can go to to solve your problems. And she eventually, he eventually comes around to that and realizes it's not so easy. But again, at the same time, it's something that she has to like reckon with. Like not everyone has a safety net that they can fall back on when times are hard. And that's one of her first early lessons, which is a good lesson to learn. Yeah, even Penny, like the um, the dancer who gets the abortion, you know, baby goes up to her and she's like, you used to be a rocket, you're a dancer, like I envy you. And sometimes like that, you know, you just roll your eyes. I don't know if you've seen like the White Lotus, like the, you know, the um, the really rich guests are, you know, just talking about their problems to these um, hotel workers and you're like, woe is me, like you envy me, like look what I'm, you know, you you're staying in the resort and i'm yeah. having to cater to you yeah it's just like it's very it's, patronizing you know like yeah wow yeah exactly yeah i know i have it so great doing what i'm doing it's, well you just with, mix in with some naive like innocent naivete like she doesn't i don't know i i i see both like she learns she learns she yeah. she learns the lesson she you know she appreciates that at the end that yeah she is she she is well off and not everyone is as fortunate as her whereas like again all the other rich people around her, like that jerk with the two hotels, has like no idea. He's like always going to be in his bubble. And she does stand up for herself and stands up for people. And I think, you know, it's it, that was one of the probably the most awkward moments for me. And also another plot point where I was like, wow, this is like we're throwing in obviously the abortion to have baby meet with Johnny and they start dancing. But like towards like the end of the movie, all of a sudden they're like, oh, there's oh, a wallet yeah. being stolen. Oh. It's Johnny's fault. And we're like, whoa, okay. But that was the most probably awkward moment, you know, for me. I was like, she literally confessed. She's like, yeah, I had sex last night in, in front of her dad. And I was like, that is very brave of her, but most mortifying thing I could possibly probably say to, you know, my dad or... Oh, in front of, but, like, a whole, not just in front of your family, your whole family and, like, these 
people who work there in front of a whole room of people who are probably listening to the conversation. Yeah, that, that is a very uncomfortable scene. And yeah, the whole wallet thing, it was done by two characters we don't even meet, right? Like the, the sisters, the something sisters, like they stole, there's like a whole thing they explained. Like, yeah, they were, they stole a bunch of stuff from this resort and they've been going to different resorts. I'm like, okay, exposition dump there. We to forgot to explain, we forgot to really get from point like Q to R in this. So like, exp- or however the alphabet is, but we need a way to get to the ending and like go along with it. I think they forgot something. They had to like rewrite it on the day. Well, in any, any, any movie with a secret relationship, you have to yeah. eventually expose it just to get to the third act there. And yeah, that was their way of doing it a little clumsy, but you know, we got there. Sorry about the disruption folks, but I always do the last dance of the season. This year, somebody told me not to. So I'm gonna do my kind of dancing with a great partner, who's not only a terrific dancer, but somebody who's taught me that there are people willing to stand up for other people, no matter what it costs them. Somebody who's taught me about the kind of person I wanna be. So I think we can get into our scores now for Dirty Dancing. Final thoughts, Sabrina, and your percentage rating on Dirty Dancing. All right, well, last time I got called out because I was on She's the Man, and I gave 100 because it I is my sound favorite film. Um, uh. <laughs> and I still stand behind that. That is a 100 movie. By all means. Still my favorite movie. <laughs> but I will say um, Dirty Dancing I really did enjoy. Um, I'm going to give it a 69. Um, I really did enjoy this movie. The saving grace is the end. That whole dance sequence, I could watch it again and again. Do I want to watch the whole rest of the movie? I'll catch it on ABC Family, to be honest. Um, But literally, I think if without that last scene, without that lift, without that iconic uh, song, I think... I would have to rate it way less, but sixty nine for the for the win for the just for the ending. Okay, everything iconic. Yeah, that's that's fair. But you are giving the same score as the critics, mind you. So oh I, oh, I'm being really harsh. <laughs> no, they were mixed, right? Uh, I don't think anyone is like super thumbs downing on this movie. But uh, yeah, there are people who really love it, and then people who um, kind of like a little more rounded in their opinions such as yourself so there you have it uh okay keith what about you i could see in the moment giving it a middling to i could see in the moment in the 80s giving it an middling to okay good review but i think with the benefit of 40 years uh you know 30 something years i in the genre that this film is trying to do uh, coming of age, dance, romance. I would have to put it footloose walk so this movie could run. This is the gold standard. I'm giving it a 78. Mixed in with the great music, good acting, good chem- great chemistry, a director that cared, memorable scenes, 78. Okay. Yeah, I think the movie is, is, is good. It's fine. It has, it's elevated by those moments, right? Uh, but I, I think watching it sometimes, you know, some of those intermittent scenes, I might 
zoom out a little bit, right? It might feel like it, it drags just a little bit here and there. But the movie does have a bit of that magic nostalgia that is very charming. Uh, and its leads definitely work. So I will give this... Hmm, I am feeling a 74%. That's like just the number that's popping out to me. That's what my heart and gut are saying. So, uh, Keith, where does that leave us? Okay, no matter where or who we side with, I am satisfied with this score. 73.6. I am satisfied with that. 73.6. We are closer to the critics on we this. We are, but it is a tomato. But <laughs> It is. It is fresh. It's a, it's a good it's, movie. It's not to say we, dis, you know, we dislike it, but I think we just, um, yeah, maybe not as gun-ho as some people are, some but it, we like it fine. Yeah. So uh, I officially decree that on Dirty Dancing, we are siding with the critics. Ooh, I feel like a critic. (laughs) (laughs) You're so critical, Sabrina. I know. I'm not critical of Patrick Swayze, though. Mm. I would watch him dance countless times. uh, Amazing. I think you would get a kick out of Roadhouse. I think you would get a kick out of that. Like, I I would love to see Sabrina watch Roadhouse. If we're not I have else. not seen Roadhouse. I have not seen Roadhouse, but I actually did look at Patrick Swayze movies. I was like, was Ghost a divided film? But it was actually rated really high. So it's a yeah, probably film. his most successful uh, his successful movie. But yeah, watch Roadhouse. If for nothing else, there's a great butt shot of Swayze when he wakes up. <laughs> so that should be enough to to get you to watch it. I'm objectifying Patrick Swayze, but he is a, such a great actor, but he's also incredibly good looking, so <laughs> he can have it all. <laughs> enjoy it. Enjoy it. Uh, but thanks, Sabrina, for coming back on again for another discussion. Yeah, thank you. It was my pleasure. I had the time of my life. Oh, my God. Keith, play us off with that song. You have to. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you have no choice. We're doing virtual lifts here, too, by the way. Yes. <laughs> she, yes. One of us will jump through the screen and catch the other one. Uh, but If anyone can lift me up, I'm like, more power to you. I'm like, what? thank God Jennifer Grey is like 90 pounds. I was like, wow. <laughs> True. Yeah, it must be nice being in your mid-20s and <laughs> being that petite. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, okay, thanks, everyone, for listening, and catch us again soon for another Divided Film. Oh.